Will you join me as we pray? Lord, we believe that you are the way and the truth, that you are the life. Father, we pray that you would bring that life to us today, that we would encounter your spirit and your presence. So God, I pray against the distractions that meet us in our living rooms, the distractions that meet us in the darkness of our own hearts and minds. Father, that instead today we would be reignited with a holy fire, that we would be reawakened to a life that you have for us, that we would find you again through finding your spirit alive in our lives. God, thank you for your presence. Amen. Today we continue our series on the Apostles' Creed and quite simply what today's part of the creed says is I believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Holy Spirit as a people, as Christians all around the world. We believe in the Holy Spirit. The problem is we believe weakly. We believe as a flickering light bulb in a darkened room, we have reduced the beauty of God, the power of God, the mystery of God to some rational, reasonable idea. Like some sort of religious Rubik's Cube, we hold the Spirit, and if we can't quite figure it out, if it doesn't make total sense to us, we set it aside for those who seem to have gotten it figured out. The rest of us that don't know what to do with it, that don't know how it works, that don't know how to access it, we just sort of become uninterested. We dive deeper into things we might learn with our minds or things we might do with our hands, and we neglect the heart that it is at the center of our faith. We treat the Holy Spirit like, a, like God, the Holy Spirit being fully God, a third of this trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the fully God presence of God in our life. We treat it like gravity, something that we can mentally acknowledge exists, but since we don't quite know how it works, we just kind of leave it on the side. It's hard to explain it. It's probably there, and we move on. I think the phrase Holy Ghost better captures what we're aiming for as Christians. See, we've turned spirit into some sort of symbolic religious word. It's collapsible and compartmentalizable, and we take it and we put it in its little slot and we're done with it. But ghost, ghost makes us uncomfortable. Ghost implies that there's something we can't touch and we can't see, but it's real. Ghost is mysterious and beautiful and unbound. And the truth of our faith is that the Holy Ghost lives inside of me, lives inside of you. It directs my path. He helps me and he heals me. He secures me and he seals me. The ghost is in the room right now. This room, your room, everywhere. The presence of the Holy Ghost is around us. It's real and it is moving and we have suppressed this. Why? Pride. We're embarrassed of what we can't explain. We can point to a creator, a beginning, and so there must be a God out there. We can point to a historical Jesus. We can't show the Holy Ghost to be real. We can't prove it to our friends who are skeptical. We can't even prove it to ourselves. And, and so we're low-key ashamed and embarrassed. We say we're people waiting on the Spirit to move in our lives, in our cities, in our world. 
that we're waiting on heaven to come down for the kingdom to come. We're waiting on heaven and all along heaven has been waiting on us because the Holy Ghost is active in the room, active and alive. And so church, we need to come alive. We need to wake up and we need to breathe in the spirit of the living God that is around us and in us. And so when we say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, we're saying something profound. Never have six short words confessed something so magnificent and glorious and powerful and beautiful. This confession that we believe in the Holy Spirit is nothing less than we are believing in the power that indwells every single one of us who believes in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And Jesus says this, Jesus says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the helper, the spirit, the Holy Ghost will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. So Jesus himself tells his disciples and us as an extension of that, that having the Holy Ghost in our lives is better than having Jesus himself. We don't teach that. We don't understand that. We don't live that. How many times have we implored Jesus to return in our hours of grief or trial or suffering? I just, just wish, Jesus, I wish you would come back. I just wish you would come and fix all this mess. I wish you would set the world right. The reality is Jesus has left the spirit of God to set the world right. The Holy Ghost is in us. A better helper is with us and we ignore his presence and his power because we just don't understand it. And yet all of the stories are true. All of the big stories, the Holy Ghost moments, the healings and the appearances, the miracles and manifestations, they're all true. Look, I'm, I'm here because of a Holy Ghost moment. I'm, I'm a believer because of a Holy Ghost moment. I, some years ago, I moved to Africa because of a Holy Ghost moment. I was sitting in a church service and I clearly heard Africa, Africa, Africa in the sermon. And at the end of the sermon, I go up to the pastor and I said, oh, what is this about Africa? Something in me has just moved. I, I think maybe I'm supposed to be there. And he said, I never said the word. He never said it. So who said it? It wasn't a booming voice from God. It was a clear voice in my spirit. It was the spirit. It was the nudge. And so a couple years later, I had lived there for a year. I'd met my wife back in America and, and she comes to me after a couple days testing with some students. She was a teacher and they were doing testing and she had all this time and space alone. And she said, there's this map on the wall and it's just kind of speaking to me. Not in some spooky, it's the map's not talking. She said, I just keep looking over there and I'm seeing Africa. I'm having these dreams about Africa. And like maybe the Holy Ghost was prompting us to move back to Africa. And so we did, but we don't talk about it like that. We hedge because there's shame because we can't explain it. And so people who don't know what we know, people who don't have what we have, they go, what, really? You believe that there's spirits out there? And what we should say is yes, yes. We moved to a frozen swamp called Bowling, Bowling Green, Ohio, because a ghost compelled my wife to click a link that she never would have clicked otherwise. Because a series of 100,000 dominoes had been set in place that 15 years earlier, she met somebody from this place who said it's the best place on earth. And only because of that, 15 years later, she gets this nudge from the spirit in the room that says, just click that one. And it happens to be the one link we needed to click. And then after we interviewed for the job in Bowling Green, Ohio, that we never would have clicked on short of the Holy Ghost nudge, I'm informed that there's two other candidates. And we just have to wait and see after we meet them. And then after that, we'll know who we're going to go with as a church. And, and so we're, we're sold. We want to move 
we're ready. We love these people. And I said, well, I guess it's up to God now. And in a matter of moments, it seemed like two other candidates dropped out because they said they felt the leading of the spirit to withdraw their candidacy after our interview. And we can, coincidence, we can push that off. We can justify it all we want. The Holy Ghost is moving in our midst, directing our paths and creating a way for us to live out the life that God has called us to. And so we have to stop waving it off. The Holy Spirit of God is here. The Holy Ghost is here. Called teacher and healer and helper and truth bringer, he is active beyond our rational minds and our reasonable expectations. God is in our midst every hour of every day. And there isn't a book or a study or a class where you can learn more to get more. It's about opening our hands and our hearts and saying, we're ready. We're ready. We are spiritual vessels in a spiritual world. We are stardust skeletons covered in meat riding a rocket hurtling through space. We are only alive because the living God has breathed into us from the beginning. He lent his breath into us. It's no coincidence that that breath and spirit in your Hebrew Bible are the same word. That the breath of God, the spirit of life, the Holy Ghost, it's all the same word. And so you and I can throw off the shackles of pain and shame and the need to justify ourselves to the world because God has breathed life into you. And so I want you to meet the Holy Ghost that Jesus brought. This is what Jesus says about this Holy Ghost. He says, I'll ask the Father, He'll give you another helper, Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, to be with you forever. And even the spirit of truth, whom, you, whom the world can't receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So the spirit, the Holy Ghost is alive and well in me and in you and in us, even when the skeptic scoffs. Jesus goes on. He says, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. So he teaches and reminds, he refreshes. He's active and alive. Next, Jesus says, when the helper comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, whom I will send from this Father, the Spirit of truth in your life, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you will bear witness because you've been with me from the beginning. So the Holy Spirit bears witness to God himself in us. Jesus then says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own authority. Whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me. He will take what is mine and declare it to you. So he guides us. He glorifies God and he speaks to us from within. The spirit is breath and life in a land of death. And all of the stories are true. Let me tell you one of my favorites. Straight from the mouth of this guy named Ezekiel. He lived about 600 years before Jesus, and he wrote it down. He says it this way. He says, God grabbed me. God's spirit took me up and set me down in the middle of an open plain strewn with bones. Take just a half a second. Close your eyes for a minute and imagine you're in this plain, a desert plain strewn with bones. You see them drying out there in the sun. And Ezekiel says this, he says, he led me around and among them, a lot of bones, bones all over the plain, dry bones bleached by the sun. And he said, son of man, God said to Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel said, master God, only you know that. And so he said to me, prophesy over these bones, dry bones, listen to the message of God. And God, the master told the bones, watch this. I'm bringing the breath of life to you. 
the breath, the spirit. And you'll come to life. I'll attach sinews to you, put meat on your bones, cover you with skin and breathe life into you. God says you will come alive and you'll realize that I am God. I prophesied just as I'd been commanded. And as I prophesied, Ezekiel says, there was a sound, oh, a rustling and a rattling of the bones together. They moved and came together bone to bone. And I kept watching, Ezekiel says, sinews formed, then muscles on the bones, then skin stretched, but they had no breath. And God said to them, prophesy to the breath now, to the spirit. Prophesy, tell the breath that the master says to come from the four winds. Come breath and breathe on these slain bodies, breathe life. And so Ezekiel says, I did just as God commanded me. And then the breath entered them and they came alive. They stood on their feet. And even today, he says this, God says, I'll dig up the graves with those who are dead. I'll dig up the graves and bring you out alive. And you'll realize that I'm God because I'm going to breathe my life back into you. And what he's talking about is breathing the spirit back into you and I. We're living in the land of dry bones. But the grave has been defeated. Because life wins and love wins because God wins. And it's all true. And still we're in that land of the living. And if we're honest with ourselves, more days than not, we would maybe be those people of dry bones. We gasp for air, for Holy Ghost breath. So to quote some lyricists, a couple guys named Cash and Crowder, they would say it this way. They would say that this ghost that you and I long for, this ghost is a fire. A holy flame burning wild. It's burning through the night and it is burning with the light of a billion stars. The the love of God is like lightning and it crackles through the sky and it burns through your rage and it burns through your pain and it burns through our scars. That the Holy Ghost is inside of me. That holy fire burning widely, it's burning through all the things that need to be erased to liberate my soul. So it's time for the church to get ready. Because there's an empty tomb. To get ready because there's a ghost in the room. To get ready because even mountains move. To get ready because all of the stories are true. So lean in, church. He'll heal you. If you let him. He'll heal you from the inside out. He will heal you if you will open your hands and invite him in to let Holy Ghost breath begin to do what it does. So make this your prayer today. Holy Spirit, we are ready for your fire to fall. We are ready for your voice to call. We are ready for your lightning to come. We are ready because into your arms we run. Holy Ghost, let the heavens part because we're ready for those angels' songs. We're ready for death to be done, for your kingdom to come. We're ready like a waiting bride. We're ready like the bread and the wine. We are ready to burst to life. We're ready for you to set things right. So come on, Lord. Holy Spirit, come on. Bring our dry bones to life. Come and wake us up that we might again come alive.